You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast, episode number 70. I'm so glad you decided to listen to my podcast. It's about health, fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle topics. If you are a first-time listener, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. If you are a long-time listener, thank you for your continued support. Remember to rate and review this show on iTunes or Stitcher as it improves our ranking in the podcast world. I'm sure you have a friend or two who could benefit from all this awesome health information. So be awesome and share this with them. Let's keep this movement growing. Now on to the show. Health tips and useful wellness advice without the hype. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue Podcast with inspiring guests and engaging fitness, nutrition, and healthy living topics. You will be entertained and excited until the end. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. We have a knowledgeable registered dietitian with us today. Her name is Brooke Shantz. We will be talking about how to make nutrition fun and exciting. So without any delay, let me introduce you all to Brooke. Brooke, are you ready to make it happen? I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Eric. Awesome. Brooke received her BS in dietetics from Purdue, yay, Purdue, go Boilers, and <laughs> MS in nutritional science from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. During her master's studies, she completed her dietetics internship and became a registered dietitian nutritionist. Brooke also became board certified as a certified specialist in sports dietetics, which qual- qualifies her to work with athletes and active individuals. Brooke believes in the power of food, practice what she preaches, and loves protesting inaccurate nutritional information. Brooke, that was just a little bit about who you are. Can you share with our audience a little bit more and how you got started? Sure. So the name Bitch Nutrition actually popped into my head during my undergrad years at Purdue University. I think it's those late nights of studying, and then I came up with the name. And then later in grad school, I actually had a professor tell me during my dietetic internship that no one is going to listen to you unless you can make nutrition cool, fun, and sexy. And I immediately thought, done. And Bitchin' Nutrition was born. And the slang meaning for the word bitchin' means remarkably good, excellent, cool, and awesome. So Bitchin' Nutrition means learning about nutrition can be fun, and that living a healthy lifestyle can make you feel cool, awesome, and yes, even sexy. Very good. Excellent. Um, what years uh, were you at Purdue? Because um, the, the years I went, it was very, very, um, I don't know, early, actually late 1990s. And um, when did you graduate? So I graduated in 2006. Okay, excellent, excellent. So um, you have a lot of information and knowledge, and we want to dive into that a little bit, okay? But before that, okay, uh, what's one cool or unique fact about yourself? I guess one of the most interesting facts is that when I was three years old, I ate only Frankenberry cereal for a year straight. And I'm not sure if anybody is that familiar with Frankenberry, but mm-hmm. there's other cereals around Halloween that come out like Blueberry and Count Chocula. And the Frankenberry cereal is a strawberry one, and it's really high in sugar, but I ate it for a year straight. And my mom 
always tells a story and says that she cried herself to sleep some nights because I would only eat this cereal and nothing else. So I guess luckily I ate it with, or I ate the cereal with some milk and was able to still get the nine essential nutrients from milk like calcium, potassium, phosphorus, protein, vitamin A, D, and the B vitamins. Otherwise, I might be a lot shorter than I am now. <laughs> so you, you had the best diet, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much for a year. Yeah, awesome. Very good. And, and, now I'm, and now I'm a registered dietitian. <laughs> I was going to say, it shaped a little bit about who you are, didn't it? Um, mm -hmm. So let's, let's get into it then. And, and as far as this fun and exciting as well as sexy uh, topic, nutrition, <laughs> um, how would you describe it to people and what is it that you specifically help people with? So when I talk about bitchy nutrition, normally the philosophy is that nutrition can be fun and exciting. So practicing a healthy lifestyle, it doesn't have to be boring. I teach my clients how to fuel their bodies with real food, bring out their inner foodies, because you have to love your food and enjoy it. Otherwise, you know, it's just something that we're not, we're going to dread, you know, having that meal every day. And also I get them excited about starting their journey that leads to better health in the long run. Very good. Excellent. And, you know, this is uh, being recorded at the end of 2015 going into 2016. Uh, I'm sure you could help our listeners who listen to this um, coming up. What's some uh, great ways to start the year off and make food sexy and fun and exciting? Well, I think a good way is just to find what you like eating, what you like doing. So, you know, the best way to, especially to either maintain weight or lose weight, is to watch your energy intake, watch what you're drinking and eating, and then burn more calories by exercising more. So doing those, you want to do something that you enjoy, that you have fun doing. So if you're not a runner, then, you know, your New Year's goal, for example, would not be I'm going to go start running. Because if you hate something, you're, it's just not going to be sustainable for you, and you want to enjoy this process. Now, as far as um, food, um, I want to say areas or categories to start eating healthier, what, what do you think people should start with if their diet's already really poor now? I think the, the number one tip I always tell my clients is to fill half their plate with vegetables. I mean, it sounds simple, but that is the best place to start. I mean, filling half your lunch and dinner plate with vegetables, you know, not only gives you all the vitamins, minerals, and fiber, but it's also going to help keep you fuller for longer, which may actually reduce your overall intake during that meal. Do you have any specific foods that... Um you would say would be staples? Because um, a lot of people think fruits and vegetables, yeah, that, that's that's cool. However, they don't like the taste of it or something, or they just don't know what to get, maybe. So I think, yeah, that's a great point that you brought up, Eric. A lot of the clients I get, you know, whether they're two years old or it's an 89-year-old gentleman, they will often say, oh, I don't like the taste of something, which is really interesting because, you know, all the taste buds on our tongue, it takes them 13 to 30 times to actually adjust to a new taste or flavor. 
so it's just practice. You know, like all good things in life, practice makes perfect. So if you're like, I don't like the carrots this way, well, the good thing is there's so many herbs and spices to use that, you know, maybe you can make it a fun process trying new ones. And then when you find the one you like, hopefully that's something that you can now incorporate into your daily eating habits and you enjoy it. You know, um, I've I've heard that uh, spices and herbs and so forth um, really make uh, the vegetable or whatever you're making that much better. Any herbs or spices that you would recommend? Well, my dad's family's Italian, so I really like the Italian herbs and spices. We use a lot of garlic here. So I think some of my favorite herbs and spices to use would be oregano, garlic, and I mean, even garlic nowadays, you can find it in certain stores, like frozen in a cube. I think Trader Joe's has garlic and oregano and maybe even basil frozen in cubes. So sometimes if you come home from a late night of work and you're like, I don't have time to sharp garlic up, but I want my vegetable stir fry to take taste good, you can easily pop in some of those cubes or maybe chop up your garlic ahead of time. And then there's so many dry seasonings that you can get in many grocery stores and just keep those on hand so you can add to any stir fry. You know, maybe you're making some kind of protein dish that you want to add some herbs and spices to or you're going to make a homemade soup. Yeah, you know, uh, I have to say that uh, I've been cooking more recently and uh, looking at recipes uh, I use an app called Allspice, or I'm not Allspice, uh, All Recipe. I think it's called the app, and uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of recipe um, websites out there. And uh, I've been looking at um, onion powder and garlic powder and all these other spices out there to make my food more flavorful. Um, and obviously, that is the key, isn't it? Yes, and and that's a good point too. So a lot of times, especially like the powders, like the onion powder, the garlic powder are going to be a better choice for someone if they have like high blood pressure because sometimes if it says garlic salt, then there'll be added salt in there. So using the onion powders, the garlic powders would be a healthier option. Excellent, good. Um, so so when, when you're uh, coaching someone and advising them on how to – eat healthier, um, what are the few uh, top three maybe tips that you could share with our audience that might be applicable to them about how to begin this process? Well, I think one of the number one tips that I do tell my clients is that fill the half the plate with vegetables. And again, you know, I know we already covered it. I remember I was even in a grocery store one time and I was doing an event at some local grocery store and I bought some groceries before I left and was checking out and the cashier said, you know, what is the best thing I can do? You know, and I had like, you know, 10 seconds because I was getting ready to check out and I was like, eat more vegetables. So it's, (laughs) again, I feel like it's a, you know, you sound like you're a broken record. Mm. Eat more vegetables, eat more vegetables. But that is the best thing you can do and I can't stress that enough. If you you know, we're wanting a snack, and instead of what you normally go for, you had a bag of carrots. There's your eating more vegetables. If you normally only put one vegetable on your plate at dinner and you add two, you're eating more vegetables. And again, this is really going to help you in the long run, just with weight maintenance or weight loss. So whatever your health goal is, it's going to help either one of those. Another tip I tell people is that in a world 
where everyone thinks they are a nutrition expert. You really have to be careful. I can't tell you how many times I have seen clients with diabetes or other comorbidities that have told me misinformation that has come from a personal trainer, chiropractor, neighbor, aunt, etc. So it doesn't even have to be a health professional, but they might be getting this misinformation from somewhere and if they put that in practice and they do have diabetes or coronary artery disease, that could affect their health down the line. So you really do want to be careful. And if you wouldn't go to your dentist for open heart surgery, why would you listen to a professional that isn't a credible source of nutrition information? And that's kind of what's happening in this day and age. So finding a credible nutrition expert is going to be the first step to starting a health journey. The Academy of Nutrition Dietetics has a page on their website called eatright.org, and that page is called Find an Expert, and it allows anyone to find a registered dietitian nutritionist near them. Super, excellent, and those are great tips. I think that um, most people need a reminder sometimes about uh, having a credible source because I know a lot of people talk and their friends have done something, uh, done a diet or something, and they've seen the results. And, and are, would you say that you're totally against diets, or would you say that some are good or, and some aren't so good? I mean, that actually would be was my tip number three. So I completely agree with you. I think diets don't work. Healthy eating is a process and a part of everyone's journey. So I tell my clients to think of healthy eating like brushing your teeth. It is something that should be done daily, and that's how you get the most benefit of it. Yeah, definitely. It's sort of like working out. It doesn't work if you do it once a month, right? <laughs> yep. It's like healthy eating is 365 days a year. However, with that being said, I believe that there should be a balance of fun and healthy kind of going along with that theme again. For example, 80% of the time I eat healthy meals and snacks, and then the other 20% of the time I eat foods that add to my personal life happiness, and that's kind of that fun aspect in there. Hmm. So, so let's dive into that a little bit. What is the 20% that you would be okay with as a registered dietitian? So again, 20% of fun is different for different people. You know, some people love to have cheese. That might be their fun, and that maybe they'll have an extra cheese stick sometimes because that would add to their life happiness. You know, maybe I want now and then popcorn at a movie theater. That might add to my life happiness. So I think that 20%, it's very individual, you know, and I wouldn't really want to regulate it for someone. It's their personal preference. However, if I have clients that are trying to lose weight, that fun component is not going to really fit into their weight loss goal at the present time. That doesn't mean that we want to add it back in, but if their goal is weight loss, you kind of would be focusing more on that 80% and maybe bumping up closer to 90 or 95 of the healthy eating all the time just to get them to where they want to be, and then you add that fun component back in. Right, exactly. And it's important that uh, we have balance. Would that be sort of the whole mm -hmm. approach? Balance is important. The problem is most consumers don't know what balance means. And that's kind of where, again, it's just beneficial sometimes to have someone there to guide you through what 
a good balance for you would be. Because, again, healthy eating is so individualized, and it should be because we all have different taste preferences. So that's the only way, I think, to make healthy eating fun. If you are following a diet that says you have to eat these five foods on Monday, these ten foods on Tuesday, and so so on, you know, that's really not going to be sustainable. So I think it's important, you know, when trying to find what works best for you is to figure out what foods you like and then how does that fit into a healthy eating pattern. And I guess a good example of that would just be if you had a plate in front of you, you would just draw a line down the middle and think half that plate would be vegetables. And that's how we can get that tip number one in, you know. Mm -hmm. Eat half my plate vegetables. And then the other half of the plate you would divide into two portions, making them quarters. One quarter would be your protein. So you have your lean protein, you have your dairy, you have your plant proteins like almonds, walnuts, peanut butter would go in there. You know, so there's a lot of protein options. And then that other fourth of the plate would be our carbohydrate area. And carbohydrates would be bread, pasta, rice, beans, corn, potatoes, peas, beans, things like that. So the carbohydrate section is our main energy source. And the protein, obviously, is protecting our muscles. So we need that in there. And the vegetables are providing us with tons of vitamins and minerals. So the balance means that all those components make a healthy meal. So if there was a diet that was taking out carbohydrates, you would be missing that balance. If there was a diet that said you had to eat half your plate protein, you might be getting too much of one component and missing maybe more vegetables. So that's kind of where when we're talking about balance, it's all of these different nutrients, you know, protein, fat, things like that, carbohydrates are going to be very important to put into your daily eating habits. And if one of them's missing, you might be more likely to overeat on something else or your body is just not going to be as healthy as it could be. Excellent. Good advice and, and definitely great reminders for people who who just may not, um, I don't know, have heard that information before or um, they just really need that hear it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's something that I, I want to make um, clear too, which is, you know, um, half your plate is actually not just your advice, is it? Oh, I mean, it's, it's been said for years and years and years. And there's so many different versions, like the USDA has the My Plate Out, which their plate has half vegetables and fruit. But I think since fruit is a carbohydrate, it would fit more in that little nook on the other half of the plate. But there have been so many experts through the past years and decades saying, you know, fill half your plate with vegetables. And that's, again, going along with that, eat more plants. You know, eating more plants is going to be more beneficial for your health in the long run. Right. Well, real quick question here, because, like, for clarification purposes, Brooke, how, how does one know that they've eaten half a plate of uh, vegetables? In other words, is it cooked? Is it raw? What is the quantity uh, in measurements to determine if you've eaten half your plate of vegetables? That's a good question, Eric. So I, again, going along with that fun component, I would say if it's boiled, raw, grilled, whatever way you want to eat those vegetables to make you happy, I would go with that. Granted, if your goal was weight loss, I probably wouldn't recommend that you added a lot of, like, sauces and butters and things like that to that half a plate. But 
boiled, grilled, raw, steam, however you want to eat the vegetables. If you have a six-inch plate at home, half of that plate would be vegetables. And I always make the joke when I'm giving presentations or talking to clients, like, the good thing is no one has ever overdosed from a vegetable that I know of. (laughs) So if you eat half your plate vegetables and you're still hungry, you can always go for seconds. Vegetables are unlimited. So knock yourself out. If you love carrots, eat as many carrots as you want. Super excellent. And and really, we're, we're not trying to advocate people to become vegan, right? No, I think, again, just going along with that balance, not everybody would be able to sustain a vegan diet. Not everybody might be able to sustain a vegetarian diet. So it's just, you know, working with, I have clients that are, you know, might be vegetarian, might be vegan. Maybe they are meat eaters. So I think it's just looking at what their preferences are and how we can turn that into a healthy eating balance that works best for them. Super excellent. Now, I know that people are trying to make changes for the new year and um, starting to eat healthier, trying to exercise more, get in shape. Uh, Summer is about five months away. Spring is about three months away. Uh, All this uh, effort to get uh, healthier will go a long way, I think, starting now. So do you have maybe a shopping list, uh, some simple items that people should maybe start thinking about getting um, starting the new year? I don't have a shopping list that would go for the whole general public because, again, everybody is so individualized. I would say, again, when you're shopping, try to think, if I'm going to have half my plate vegetables, you know, how many servings of the broccoli or the carrots or what do I need to have? So maybe when you're filling your grocery cart up, half of your grocery cart would be filled with vegetables to make that happen. The only thing is with the vegetables, if you bought all fresh, Chances are if you're just starting to practice eating half your plate vegetables, you might have some go bad. So I think in the beginning, if that's something that you did want to make your goal, oh, I'm going to start eating half my plate vegetables, you probably want to mix in half frozen and half fresh vegetables just so that once you eat all the fresh, you can go to the frozen, but you don't have all fresh and then some might go bad before you're able to really get in the swing of that new habit. Excellent advice. Actually, um, that is the downside to, or at least maybe an excuse I hear from a lot of people who um, may not buy vegetables or even fruits, for that matter, because they they go bad, they spoil, and they don't get to it mm-hmm. soon enough. So actually, that that frozen vegetable approach actually sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, as far as you know, moving into this new eating lifestyle and making it fun and sexy and exciting. What, what other tips can you give our audience about making it sustainable? Well, I think making it sustainable is really having a good support system too. So you, if you're living with a spouse or you have a family or maybe you have a roommate that you've known for a few years, like just kind of talking with them and saying, this is my health goals. You know, I would like us all to get on the same page because basically whoever is doing the cooking, you're all going to be eating the same thing. So if you can do it as a family unit or, again, as roommates together or doing a healthy eating plan with your spouse, you're going to be more successful in the long run and it's going to be sustainable because you're a part of a good support group. So 
I think that is a good place to start is just figuring out who's around you and will they help you get to your health goals as well. And then sometimes, and this is where registered dietitian nutritionists come in, sometimes you just need, you know, a guide or someone to listen to you and listen to your challenges and your barriers and help you figure out what best tweaks you can make to your current lifestyle to get to the health goals that you want. So I feel like a lot of times with my clients, I'm more like a cheerleader. You know, most of the times they know what works best for them. So it's just kind of figuring out what daily schedule tweaks we can make to get them to where they want to be. Super effort or super um, advice there. I think that is so important. Um, support system is very, very uh, important for everything, I think, even in fitness. Uh, I was just talking about that in my uh, year-end podcast about how to make um, yourself successful in 2016 is definitely one of those tips for sure. Um, you know, real quick here, I just wanted to get into, you know, your certified specialist in sports dietetics. Can you describe what that is a little bit? So after you've been a registered dietitian nutritionist for two years, if you have worked with athletes and active individuals and you have enough hours, it's like 1,500 hours, you can then apply to take this certified specialist in sports dietetic exam. And it's an extra certification after you've already become a dietitian and passed the, that registration exam. So it was probably one of the hardest tests I've ever taken in my life, but there's that much that you can know about carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and how they affect your athletic performance before, during, and after either an event, race, or practice. So, you know, I've had so much fun working with athletes and active individuals, whether, again, they are doing their fifth triathlon or they're just starting to do their first 5K. It's, it's a great certification, and I've really enjoyed using that expertise to help my clients improve their athletic performance. Excellent. Good. You know, um, I, I bring it up also because a lot of my uh, clients that I see and coach now, um, I do, you know, recommend they, they get involved with some type of event, whether it be a 5K. And mm -hmm. um, someone like yourself would be very um, instrumental in, in just helping them know what to put into their bodies to be uh, in top shape for, for these types of events, I think. And, and so do you have one quick um, sports nutrition uh, tip for anyone who's trying to get into a 5K, for example? So I think one of the best tips, and this is something that I've just learned from doing races myself, is just, again, we're talking about practicing and things like that. You have to practice your intake, so whether you're drinking coffee in the morning or you want to have a bagel before a race, you have to practice that ahead of time because the day of, even if it's a 5K, you won't want to start, you know, taking a new gel or maybe you're, you want to try a new coffee or something like that. You wouldn't want to do that the day of an event because your digestive system might not be used to having that food or beverage combination while you're running or racing an event. So I've seen a lot of athletes like, yeah, they'll try a new gel or a new gummy bean or something the day of a big event, and it completely will throw off their whole time. 
So I think that would be the number one tip. It's just like everything else you're training for this big event. You have to practice what you're going to be eating and when you're going to be eating it during your practice days as well so that the day of the event you don't take in any kind of food or beverage that your body's not used to and it throws off your performance. Excellent. Good tip. It's always preparation before execution and um, mm -hmm. having your body know exactly what to expect, I think, is is always <clears throat> a good sign or a good mm -hmm. way to, to perform, definitely, that's for sure. Um, believe it or not, we're already at the end of this 30 minutes, Brooke, and it went so fast, didn't it? Uh, I know, it we're, did. We're having fun, right? So, so how do people get a hold of you and then... Do you have any last piece of advice for our audience? So I can be contacted through my website, www.bitchinnutrition.com. And I guess my last piece of advice, I just, I just thought of this because I was overheard some women talking the other day and they were saying, I'm going to start, since we're in this New Year's resolution mode, they were like, I'm going to start my new eating healthy plan on Monday. So I would say my last piece of advice is if you have a plan that you would like to start or you want to just start practicing a new goal, don't wait until Monday. Start today. Because, again, it's like we were talking about healthy eating is 365 days a year. It's like brushing your teeth. Practice makes perfect. Don't wait till Monday. Just make a small goal and start today. Very good. Excellent advice. Um, and Brooke will definitely put the uh, website on our show notes. So if anyone's listening, they want to get uh, a hold of you, they can do that and um, know where to go. I really appreciate all the information, Brooke. I know that um, you're a busy girl, and I appreciate you spending some time, uh, especially a few days before New Year's. So Happy New Year to you. And um, you too. We'll definitely, maybe someday, uh, we'll uh, touch base somehow and. and um, I don't know where I think you're in Chicago, like you said. And so maybe we can do something out there as well. So thank you so much. I love much. that. And thanks again for having me too, Eric. No worries. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brooke. All right. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Healthy Living with Eric Sue. Head over to ericwsue.com for full recaps of every show and Eric's health and wellness blog. Your healthy living is waiting for you, so stay active and be safe.